Guru Satanathan has been on the front lines of the event streaming revolution for a number of years now. And in that space, he's developed a perspective on really, I'd say, the evolution of data and application silos in enterprise IT. Sounds like a really subtle thing, but he's got this great perspective on kind of the phases that's gone through and how they lead inexorably to real-time analytics. Let's listen in as Guru explains his view of data history and more important, the data present and future. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real-Time Analytics Podcast. I am your host, Tim Berglund. And I'm delighted to be joined in the studio today by a longtime friend, uh, past and current colleague, two separate companies, Guru Satanathan. Guru, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Um, you know, it's, it's really great to be here. And this is a topic uh, that I've been thinking for quite a long time. And uh, I'm so happy that, you know, I get to talk about this out in the world with you. Yeah, I'm excited. But before we dive in... Um, you are you work at StarTree as a product advocate. Now that's not yes. the same thing as a developer advocate. Tell us what a product advocate does. What are, what are you what are you up to? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is something that we very recently coined. Uh, you know, probably in the industry, we are the only ones uh, doing it, or probably very few. So, developer advocates, you guys go to the broader audience in the developer community. You you basically help them with the technology, uh, you know, help them progress, learn all that. Um, and there is, on, if you look at the other side of a product company, there are solution architects and teams who try to help, uh, you know, uh, you know, folks who want to purchase the product or or build applications out of the product. But then we realize there is there is a community in between uh, where they sign up for the product um, and they just want to have some fun uh, or learn uh, learn the technology. Um, uh, and and also we felt that's a community who can actually help us with you know, uh, giving us the right feedback to improve and all that. So, so product advocates basically help that small community um, to, to basically, uh, you know, progress with the POCs or you know, collect product feedback and whatnot. Cool. So you're kind of like in that, in that broader product-led growth motion thing that, that people talk about these days. Uh, you're Pretty somebody much. to help along that journey for a complex piece of infrastructure like, you know, yes. Starfleet Cloud, you know, th things like this that, that takes some Pretty thinking. Much. Yeah. And that thinking, so obviously it takes some doing to make a distributed database work and succeed with building it into your life. Yes. Um, but the thinking behind that is kind of, when you and I started talking, what got my interest about this idea of yours. And you're thinking about really the evolution of the enterprise data landscape. I've been spending a lot of time in the history of this young pad podcast, well, talking about history. It's a thing that... that um, uh, maybe this is an age thing. I don't know. I've just been more interested recently, and I think it's important to help understand why real time is a thing now and why it matters. And you've got a different take on it than I've got. And I really would just like to turn it over to you. You've got this kind of five generation or five phase view. Uh, get take us take us through it, and I'll I'll ask you questions as we go along. Yes, yeah, short term. I think you're right. I think it's more of an history and age thing, to be honest, you know, that actually changes the perspective um, on, on these uh, stories. Um, you know, thankfully, I was able to align myself uh, to these five different stages that we're going to talk about with my own career progression. So it's basically, thankfully, I jumped to different jobs where, you know, all fell into different silos. 
so I was able to see the difference. So um, I thought about, you know, writing a blog on this particular topic, uh, the topic of silos um, from a long time. I think it was, um, you know, 2017, uh, I remember talking about this as one of the, one of those architects. Um, but I could never complete the full picture, you know, where this is leading. And obviously we have been talking about AI for quite a long time. But then to, to paint a full picture end to end from the, the, the beginning days of software to uh, how it is going to, um, you know, disrupt during the AI days, uh, I always felt there is a missing piece in between. Uh, you know, that's when, when I joined Startree, when I got to know about Pino, I felt, okay, this is the answer. You know, um, I'm not trying to sell Pino here. It's more of um, a, a very general <laughs> realization of, um, you know, how, um, you know, people have thought about it, you know, how this is, you know, kind of evolving, um, you know, from end to end. So in summary, uh, you know, this is uh, a, a five-phased, um, you know, history and and, and the, the present and the future of this, how the software silos are evolving, basically. So bring us uh, bring us to the, the beginning as you see it. Where do you see the, the, you know, enterprise data, enterprise IT really getting its start? Yeah. Yeah, I think the first one is really the app silos. Um, I think uh, at those days, I don't think it, it, you know, people would have seen it as a silo, uh, you know, to be honest. Um, you know, that's that's when people actually used it, you, you know, started using software for business. Um, you know, it could be a very simple application on the web or or, or an IF, you know, on a, or on, on a POS terminal, for example. Where, sure, before yeah, before the web, you know, Visual Basic or some, you know, yes. dumb, dumb terminal thing or sure. Pretty much, um, I think you know that kind of evolved um, over a period of time where everyone started running their own applications, their own database, their own interface. Um, and early days, because the, the scope for a software in a, in a business is so small, um, it, you know, it, it was a very simple architecture, probably a single tier uh, and, and a direct UI to a database connectivity, or probably a, a like you say, you know. Um, uh, Maybe not even a database. Maybe it was running on a file system, <laughs> and um, and and they were you know trying to uh, you know capture data. Um, I think when when you kind of extrapolate that picture, um, you know it's pretty much disconnected applications, um, um, you know across the business. So uh, you know if a, if a, if a company was using software for um, you know end user billing, um, and then if you kind of evolve that towards internal business applications. Um, then you can kind of, you know, start to extrapolate different type of applications within companies, but completely, you know, disconnected, basically. Um, that's what I would put it um, as an app silo, um, um, you know, where, you know, generation one uh, of so software enterprise. Customer, customer service is a phone bank and people call a 1-800 number and they are people with computers and they're looking up a customer record, but that's the customer service version of the customer record and their history of service calls, you may not necessarily know what they purchased or yes. how they became customers or any of that kind of stuff. It's just that, that silo. Yes, pretty much. I think um, uh, I, I can definitely say in, in the past, people were literally carrying files in a disk probably to a different team, you know, giving it over. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, if you even if the files were even in a format that that uh, you know was 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 transportable, there would be some flat file export from 
the so-called database and you know you might have to run custom code to import that because it was just whatever that programmer of that other system thought should be exported there weren't necessarily uh, i mean there were standard interchange file formats but not not you know wasn't like everything was there was no xml yes you know you know this is this is exactly why uh, this particular topic needs uh, a, a podcast or, or more you know brains into it because as you can see the imagination kind of expands um and you know when you, when you think about this particular problem space yeah okay so that's the first generation is that you know customer service has got a departmental customer service database and you know maybe it's it's the early 90s and there's windows and some visual basic application talking to some database on a server uh but that's that's it and it's in a it's in a silo uh and there's lots of those not just customer service every business unit has their own so what's what's generation two? I think um, you know before we go to generation two, there is there is one small improvement we did on the app silo space. Um, you know that is to talk about the need for integration. Um, I think that's where people very soon realize, oh, we have got to you know connect all of this uh, in a different applications. You know, I can't carry files around the office or different to right. different stories. Um, um, you know that's where. A lot of people connected applications directly, like CRMs started talking to, um, you know, the, the marketing database to um, HR department. They all connected everything. And if you kind of imagine that to, um, you know, let's say if we had twenty different databases um, in a in a large enterprise, the the number of connections you can make is, you know, you, you, know, you can really, uh, you know, make a make a mess out of it. Um, yes. I think that's where um, a lot of you know, technologies came in to help in that space. That is, you know, people call it, you know, SOA, enterprise service bus, um, even drone architecture, for example. I'm sure you, you know, that's you know, something you, you have spoken about in, in the past, back in Confluent days. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of I, proto primordial pre event driven architecture, similar ideas, but, but it was, it was a rough start. And those, yes. you know, you say enterprise service bus and anybody old enough to know what that means feels a little chill. You know, it wasn't a, wasn't a technology that was broadly considered to be successful. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it, it's good to, um, uh, you know, have that picture in mind as we go to the next silo, that is basically the data silo. Um, data silo is basically when people start to realize, oh, we, we are starting to, you know, collect a lot of data from these applications and, and there are patterns, um, you know, th there are there are benefits to analyze it so we can improve the business process, for example. Um, till then, Pretty much, people, um, you know, you know, they were directly reading it from the application database. You know, today, if you if you want to do a CDC or uh, or do analytics on a OLTP database, you know, from the from the app silo, you know, the database will, the, the DBA will come and stand in front of you, <laughs> ask you the yes. question, you know, what you're yes. trying to do. Yes. 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 Um, um, back in the days, it was not there. Um, the volume was low and all that, but you know, but, but the need was, you know, you know, rising. Uh, you know, basically. Uh, let's collect the data. They'll look at the patterns. You know, they're, they're, let's crunch, crunch some numbers. Um, you know, yeah. see what can improve. And that was in the the early days. That was a, a batch process during off cycle hours, where the transactional database could take the load of all of the reads happening that you're doing to incrementally pull out the transactions and ETL them off into the data warehouse. Right. So you you yes you wouldn't you wouldn't do that live. Yeah, because it just wasn't there wasn't bandwidth yes. for it. Yeah, or at least there was there was fear that there wasn't bandwidth for it. There, there. I mean, there was probably bandwidth lying around, but it it didn't 
Yes. Yeah, wasn't I think that, was that is, you know, that particular um, area itself, you know, is something we should talk about. You know, when you say batch, you know, there, there's a lot of subtle background, you know, behind that, um, you, know, you know, first of all, why it became batch. Um, you know, I think you know, that's where the, 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 the priority comes in. Uh, you know, the app silos for a very long time, I, I would say even until 2010, um, the app silos were treated as uh, the business critical piece, you know, f- you know for any company, um, mm-hmm. you know, because they're customer facing, um, you know, critical. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, data, you know, we always, you know, uh, you know dumped it down. Okay, you know, write it somewhere, um, you know, you know we'll, we'll take care of it. I think, you know, that that's... Uh, um, that's pretty much the story, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure we all know of it. I think uh, the reason why I want to stress about batch here is, you know, there is a connection dot between that and, and the, and the integration technologies I was talking about before, uh, you know, which, which will, which, you know, which will help us talk about the different silos that, you know, the different trends and the phases that we want to cover today. Expand on that a little bit. I'm not, uh, 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 help me, help me with that a little bit. I didn't, not quite there yet. So give me that again. Yeah. So if you look at, um, I'm sure you you know you'd have uh, you you know heard of uh, convergent evolution, um, you know where yes, yes. this I thing know, is birds, evolving, this thing is evolving, and you know we have the same eye and six different animals. Yes, yes. Um, it's the same story here. Um, you know, with both the silos. If you look at um, the app silo, and uh, you know, this is when I you know I was you know I was I was shifting to a different job from app silo to data silo. Um, you know, in a different company. What I you know notice you know this is something I'm sure all of us um, you know you know have some thoughts about is if you look at app silos and if you look at all the integration technologies and the event-driven architecture uh, you know that that kind of incubated those days um, you know there's a lot of commonalities. For example, you know we move data, we build connectors, we do transformations, uh, we do filtering, we do all sort of massaging, build that pipeline um, to to get the data from one place to other. And if you look at the data silo, we pretty much have the same pattern. Um, you know, all the ETL technologies, data integration tools, uh, it does exactly the same. Um, the only difference, the only re- uh, you know difference, and the reason why they couldn't converge those two competencies or the technologies is pretty much the latency. Um, you know, if you look at uh, app silo, uh, they were heavily real time at the you know those days. You know, payment transactions, for example, uh, you you buy something online. Uh, it is immediate. Um, you know, you, you get the the confirmation straight away. Whereas the data integration, um, because of the batch notion, um, it was always um, you know uh, very high latency. You know, data movement processes rather than you know integration. You know, jobs basically. Yes, and that was that was I think both due to batch was the best we could do, just given the state of sort of the computational and network bandwidth we had available to us at the time. Um, and also, I see this a lot, uh, what I call artifact thinking. There's This is how we used to do it, and now we could. There's more computational and data transfer bandwidth available. We could do it differently, but we just think of it like we used to think of it because those are the, the patterns and habits and, and tools and traditions uh, that kind of solidified in that context. Our technological context has changed, but we just kind of haven't freed our yes. minds. <laughs> yes. no, exactly. so artifact I think, thinking, I think, is a nice way to say that. Yes, yeah, and I, you know, I would definitely document that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, uh, you know, this is the thing. You know, you know, you, you come up with, uh, um, 
the, the perspective also you know evolves you know it, it gets very mature uh, you know as we talk about this um i think uh, that's probably where you know we also had the the concept of big data uh, you know uh, you know probably 2014 if you look at a massive hype around it and that's probably where you know, i also tried to jump ships and you know okay, let's try something else you know this is fascinating and all that um you know that was a you know, phenomenal transformation in the industry you know, when it comes to data processing and you know, probably the reason why we had to do that uh, was volume uh, or the variety of data and 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 uh, you know uh, you know what we're going to do with it you know that's where you know we, we started crunching this you know the start you know starting with hadoop um, you know for example um the data silo evolved pretty fast uh, but i would still say um you know even though we developed a lot of you know computational um uh, efficiency to to process data uh, we couldn't still you know make these two silos talk between each other uh, i think that kind of remained as a problem you know till the phase 2 uh where you know while the data silo was you know pretty much evolving yeah so what phase uh in in your mind where does where's big data how does big data fit into your phases and what phase are we in right now i i would say i think there's a lot of overlap between phases you know maybe i shouldn't call it a phase it's more of a a trend line um yeah. you know in in enterprise yeah. you know software evolution and it, briefly i'm interrupting you here now but i, I mean the way i see <laughs> big data and what was happening. And I, I see it starting around 2010, really starting to, to take hold. And but certainly yes. by 14, it was, it was all anybody talked about. It wasn't really a different way of thinking about analytics. It was a different tool set because of what the web had done to volumes. Um, yes. You had, you had now, because of the, the, the adoption of web and, and at that time, the increasing penetration and capability of mobile devices, Yet more and more of our social and commercial lives were electronically mediated, and now there's data about them. And the tools that we had for doing analytics were not designed for that, right? So we had to build different systems. But again, due to this artifact thinking, it was still all right. Take all the stuff from there and put it over here, and do stuff to it. You know, that's that's a very unfair way to describe a data warehouse. But that's well, a dupe too. It's the same thing. It's just a bigger over there it's just more stuff but it's still the same kind of idea but um yes, yes. keep us keep us going we got we got big data and and there's you know i think what you're working towards is this idea of connectivity right you've got silos data silos and everybody's now aware that that's bad and whole whole little sub industries emerged like master data management to to deal with to try to deal with the problems in the, in the silos and that, that never really worked um, yes, but what's keep keep walking us through? So if you look at um, the this whole the, the the point of this particular blog um, or this particular topic is really if you, uh, you know, go to any enterprise architect in large companies, you know, breaking silos is a very popular topic among them. You know, how mm-hmm. do I break the silo? You know, they they often crunch about this. They've been they have been talking about this for probably twenty years now, and we couldn't break it. You know, even I, and my very strong opinion here is I don't think we'll ever break it. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, the software, I think the software stylus are going to remind, but I see a shift in terms of how these, you know, uh, silos are going to evolve and how they're going to be placed between each other. Um, uh, you know, we, we spoke about breaking silos. And if you look at the, the, current, the current trend and the phase I'm talking about is probably 2.5-ish to 3. 
um, you know, you know, variables, okay. you know, we have big data. Now we want, um, um, you know, the silos to talk with each other. That means we are talking about integration right now. Um, you know, how you can, um, you know, feed in the analytics that you generate from the data silo, you know, feed into the application teams. Uh, so we can, you can enrich the customer experience, for example. Um, uh, but as you move forward and if you look at probably phase five, the last phase, I don't think, um, you know, we, we will need integration. Uh, you know, we will get there, but I think it's, it's going to you know, completely shift, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, how the silos are going to be placed. And uh, bring us, bring us all the way to the future. I mean, where this, this has been a batch world we've been talking about uh, kind of wrapping up. How does real time fit into the, the, yes. the direction that you see history taking? Yes, I think there are three, probably three uh, important inflection points that we need to talk about. You know, one is um, now we have app silos, you know, that are heavily real time, and we have the data silos that are uh, heavily batch. Um, you know, then you need something that's common between these two silos to transfer data. And obviously, we have done it in the past with you know FTP servers, S3 buckets, and all that. You know, staging data, you know, between those two, you know, silos. Uh, but then that's when um, you know one of the most fascinating um, you know, things that uh, you know that happened was Kafka. Um, you know, I, I don't know what really Jacobs and Nehan, Dean, and had in mind when, when you know when they thought about Kafka. But for me, Kafka is that you know that important bridge between the silos. For example, you publish data you know from an application silo, you know from any application for that matter. You want to expose that to an analytics engine um, or, or or a data scientist. Um, they are one another consumer. They can, you know, uh, latch on the topic, consume the data, do whatever they want. Um, I think Kafka. Um, the the reason why I call Kafka is phenomenal or fascinating is because um, before Kafka, we have attempted that with a lot of MQs, for example. Um, the, the unfortunately, MQs were heavily in memory driven. Um, you know, democratizing the data to to different consumers at the same time was was tough. Um, then that's where, you know, Kafka coming a strong persistence, um, you know, gave a lot of hope in terms of, um, you know, bridging the silos. And also when I say persistence, it kind of gives you a hint, uh, uh, you know, of solving that latency issue. You know, we have real time, we are batch. Okay. There is something going on here with persistence and Kafka. Okay. This is where I should, I should be looking into, uh, to, 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 to build a, a feedback loop you know, between you know these two silos. Now that's where I, you know, I got fascinated. I was looking into the space. Um, very very soon I realized it's not enough. Um, you know because uh, you know now if you look at the first phase, we saw apps to be real time, uh, data is batch. Then we we are bringing Kafka into the picture. Kafka is obviously very real time. Uh, you can bring all the data from the silo, dump it in a topic, but then you then immediately realize all the destinations, the analytical destinations uh, for Kafka, they're all batch again. You know, so you, you know, you're pretty much bringing everything so fast and then you, you, you put a break and, you know, dump everything down to a batch system. And then, you know, you, you kind of, again, slowly process them. That's where you, you kind of, you know, lose the connection. Yeah. Um, like if all of your analytics, if, if all of your, your application transactional world were all Kafka, and then you Kafka connected everything into a data lake, 
and ran batch yes. jobs over that and for your analytics. That's again, that's artifact thinking, right? Why, 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 why would you do that? Yes. Would yeah, you, I think yeah. that's where the, you know, to, to the point about artifact thinking, um, you know, that's where uh, it is, it's, it's very subtle and very nuanced, but I definitely think the enterprise architect should think about, um, you know, how this shift is happening when it comes to integration, uh, and when it comes to building an end-to-end -end feedback loop. You know, for example, uh, you know, before I go there, uh, let's talk about what is that, you know, how to, you know, address this gap. You know, obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's very, you know, visible in front of us. You need something that can process data in real time. Uh, basically, you have the data in Kafka, you dump it somewhere. I should not actually use the word dump. You know, it's, you, you, you connect it <laughs> fine to something. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you connect it to something that can process, you know, data in the speed of, with the speed of Kafka. Uh, you know, that's where I started looking into Pino. Um, you know, exactly. The biggest, the biggest reason why we started talking, you know, you know, joining Star Tree and, and all that. Um, you know, I think pretty much if you go to the ultimate future and, you know, if you talk about AI, um, and, and all of that, um, you cannot get there without, uh, you know, fixing this real time connectivity, um, with processing. Uh, I think, that's probably why I couldn't, you know, paint the full picture for for quite a for quite a while now. Um, you know, until I got exposed to Pino. Uh, so, so basically, if you look at the evolution from top, you know, from one to five, um, you basically have to, you know, build a pipeline, you know, for your customer um, that starts with the real time experience or that ends with the real time experience. Um, you know, that is pretty much uh, is what you know something like Pino is is addressing. Um, so, uh, I think that kind of, um, in a way breaks a silo. Um, I, I'll talk about why it won't, you know, completely break the silo. That's a different problem to talk about. Um, you know, that is, but, you know, regardless, you know, before we go there, uh, phase four or the trend number four is basically introduction of Pino, um, uh, you know, building, uh, real time feedback loops, um, uh, you know, with your customer, um, and making your app silo and data silo talk between each other basically okay okay what is phase five where do you see this going take us get paint a little picture of the future for us yeah i think phase five is basically um uh, uh you know the the ai or the ml space evolving uh with, with you know with broader maturity in the ecosystem um and to simply put i would say what will happen in phase five is uh, instead of talking about integrating or breaking the silos, we will uh, be looking at um, data silos literally swallowing the app silo. Um, you, know, you can think of deploying your little app silos within data silos. Uh, I think that's what pretty much will happen. For example, um, if you look at today, um, already AI is or, or data applications are helping monitor, monitor your logs. And, and, you know, predict, you know, downtimes, um, you know, for example, that's pretty much slowly, you know, data silo creeping into the, the application space, um, you know, starting to, you know, dominate in, in, in the sense. I think integration is always going to be there, but it's going to be like more of a, um, um, uh, you know, the baby kangaroo, uh, you know, sit, sitting and sitting in the tummy. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I think the, probably the, the the mother kangaroo is you know is basically going to be the, the data silo, uh, you know, carrying the you know app silo around. 
you don't see a future where uh, data silos are a thing of a past and comprehensively integrated. A little bit of pessimism there, or at least a not utopian vision, I think. Talk about that. Yeah, maybe um, the word silo might fade away. I don't think um, um, it will stay as a silo. Um, yeah, it's a very judgy word, um, isn't it? It's uh, yes, yeah. yeah. You know, maybe you know, maybe we should we should we should come up with a different name there or a terminology there. Um, but um, you know, it won't be. It will be a thing of the past where. Um, I still remember uh, we were developing a microservice and there was a query that, that hits the database. So what we did was we went to the DBA um, of the data silo and we gave them the requirement, hey, can you write me a query, a SQL query? <laughs> so, and, and they gave an optimized SQL query, you know, we embedded that in the application. I think that will kind of go away uh, in the sense there are, there are little, different shifts that will happen. For example, from a skill point of view, um, uh, you know, people from application silo, they will now equip themselves in learning more about the data space technologies, uh, be it writing SQL or developing machine learning model. I can only see that, you know, some of my friends in the Bay Area, um, you know, a lot of them from the you know, application silo are looking at, you know, getting into the job where, you know, they can spend some time with ML, for example. You know, those are some of the symptoms, you know, of that particular integration. Um, uh, what that What I mean by that is, Breaking the silo, or you know, when it comes to all these silos, it's not just about technology. There's a lot of people with dynamics as well. Um, you know, one of the reasons why um, we couldn't merge it is because um, you know the, it was too hard to manage the competencies. Um, you know, to train someone in um, developing a microservice as well as training them to develop a machine learning model, you know, was not easy. Uh, so now that will block. I think. Um, you know, you can pretty much, um, you know, just extrapolate, you know, the chat GPT, for example, the generative AI, um, two years down the line, probably developing a microservice to integrate applications is going to be a lot easier. Um, you just give them the protocol credentials, probably something will spin up the microservice connected. But then if you kind of take a step back and look at the process, it's literally that data silo creating that application for you. Um, and, and also managing that application, you know, um, you know, for example, Kubernetes pods in, 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 in the application silos today. Um, those will be heavily monitored by AI in the future uh, in terms of you know, log monitoring, uptime guarantees, and all of that. So that's what I talk about. Um, um, I think there'll be a very um, intimate relationship between data silo and, and application silo. I should stop saying silo. <laughs> I'm not able to think of um, an alternative word. But I think uh, but there will be separation. Um, in terms of more from a business discipline point of view, business will still say, "Hey, these applications are business critical to me. Um, um, you know, you know, give me guarantees. You know, uh, you know, you know, keep it clean and all of that." Now, that way, there will be some separation, uh, but the the data space will you know, pretty much engulf, um, or you know, maybe that's where you know, you know, you know, there's going to be a rise of these, you know, data apps, for example. Um, um, you know, which is going to serve the businesses directly rather than app silos being the, the front end of the business, um, you know, that, that priority will basically shift. My guest today has been Guru Satanathan. Guru, thanks for being a part of the Real-Time Analytics Podcast. Thank you, Tom. It's, it's great to be here. And there you have it. If you feel compelled to help us spread the word and grow the Real-Time Analytics community, 
You can give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are sold. If you're watching us on YouTube, hey, subscribe and of course, hit that notification bell. And you can always share your favorite episodes on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever it is you do social media. Thanks, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. 